Thank you for joining us this evening for the Integrity Leadership Class with Reverend Reginald Paul and myself, Deanna Mitchell. We are discussing Dr. Henry Cloud's integrity, the courage to meet the demands of reality, how six essential qualities determine your success in business. In the integrity leadership class, we are learning that your character, your integrity, life's ups and downs is what makes you who you are. So the first, the first one that uh, I'm going to start with is, it's in chapter four, because we're doing four, five, and six. It's building trust through connection. And I'm going to go to page 53, and it's the bottom line. It starts with, it's on the, it's the last, it starts with the last word in the last chapter at the very bottom on line three. It says, willpower, and just trying to make good choices cannot compete with the true desire of the heart for what is where the passion is. Now, there's something that Antonio tells me all the time. Your burning desire is what shows through, regardless of what it is that you're doing, regardless of what you truly want. Your burning desire, which is the desire of your heart, will always shine through any and everything. So with that being said, I'm going to repeat the line one more time. We're going to open this up for open discussion. Willpower and just trying to make good choices cannot compete with the true desire of the heart, for that is where the passion is. So I'm going to open this up. And I would like to get your opinion and what you think about what this particular uh, passage is saying. So the line is open. Reverend Reginald, if you have any words that you would like to share as well on this particular line, the floor is open. The floor is open. I will let them answer it first. All right. So who would like to unmute and give your idea, concept, emotion, feeling, thought process, whatever it is you choose to give, who would like to unmute and let us know what you feel about that particular passage. All right, well, Reverend Reginald, we don't have anyone unmuting at this time. So if you hey, would like to- Be honest. Oh, go ahead, Grace. Um, could you read that, that, that sentence one more time? Yes. Please. Yes. Yes, I can. And it reads, willpower and just trying to make good choices cannot compete with the true desire of the heart, for that is where the passion is. Okay. So that reminds me, a lot of books always come from sacred text. And so what you just read, it reminds me from the sacred text. Um, out of the heart, well, you know, out of the, yeah, I'm trying to make sure I remember it. Uh, the treasures out of the heart flows, you know, what you really want. And so, yeah, what you were saying earlier, your brain desire will really push through uh, that, that what you really want will, I've always heard when I was in network marketing, I had leaders to say your uh, brain desire is so strong you'll be willing to go through a brick wall to get it. So when I, when I hear that, you know, the willpower, uh, like, I mean, for example, Antonio, nothing is stopping that man from a hundred billion dollars. I don't care what it is. 
say, Corona ain't going to stop him. Never, you know, $100 billion is what he wants. That's his burning desire. So that he can do good with it, with the world. And so whatever, it doesn't matter who it is on the call, everybody has a burning desire, even if you don't know what it is. But everybody has a burning desire. And when you do recognize, once you do recognize what that burning desire is, you will do what is necessary to get and have that willpower to get it. Thanks for allowing me to share. Thank you. Thank you very much, Grace. Willpower and just trying to make good choices cannot compete with the true desire of the heart, for that is where the passion is. That's what we're opening up this evening. Grace, thank you so much for sharing. This makes me want to present something to you. So if what your burning desire, if your heart, if your true, if the true desire of your heart is where your passion is, and you're saying, man, this is not going my way. Man, that is not going my way. Could it be said that the true desire of your heart is things not going your way? Who would like to open that up? Go ahead, Miss Carol. And after Miss Carol, Corey. So sometimes when we're thinking this is my desire and it's not working, you might, you might actually be suppressing your real desire because you think that it's not going to be possible, so you take the next best thing. And then it doesn't work because it's telling you, you need to really go back to your roots and go from your heart. So sometimes we got to check that too. I know I do. All right. Thank you, Miss Carol. Corey? Um, I think the thing that comes to mind for me is that... Um, you almost can't fake desire. I think there's a way where sometimes we feel like on a surface level that we are doing the working the motions and actually doing the things that we think everyone else wants us to do. And um, the thing is, is that that would never, like say for example, somebody says, hey, you know, you have to be rich and you have to make money or you have to be an entrepreneur or whatever it is to actually be happy. And then all of a sudden you start going to that. When in reality, you may not want to be rich or be an entrepreneur for that reason. And sometimes your true, you know, at some point your true divide buyer would actually come up and say, you know what, this is not what you want. Like once you actually get your riches, once you get the money that you need, everything else like that, you would end up still feeling empty. Because the thing is, is that your true desire is, wasn't necessary you weren't doing it for the right reasons or for the true desire. So it's like once you achieve the surface level, what actually really starts showing up is like, you know, your true desire. So it's like this, so it's really being able to, um, what I also hear is also digging deep and not just um, doing, working the motions and going the motions and thinking that everything is gonna be okay. That's what I wanted to share on that. All right, Corey. Thank you, Corey. Thank you very much. Oh, Grace, I see you're unmuted. Go ahead. The floor is yours. You say I'm unmuted? I'm sorry. Don't mean to be. <laughs> oh, all right. Thank, thank each and every one of you. Thank you, Grace, for what you said earlier. Thank you, Miss Carol, for what you said. And thank you, Corey, for sharing as well. 
you, the, the burning desire, the desires of your heart, if you're not living it, it will show. If you're doing something that is not, is, if you're doing something and it's not working, you're like, no, this is what I want. This is what I want. Apparently, that may not be like Ms. Kel said. You may have to go back and, and reevaluate that because you'll always, as Antonio has taught, taught us, you'll always get your burning desire. You'll always get what's burning deep in your heart. So if you're saying, just like Corey was saying, when you're doing something because someone else said you should do this, but it's not your burning desire, it's not what you truly wanted, you won't find fulfillment. You won't find happiness. So you're going to have to go and reevaluate that. So I'm going to go ahead and open this up to Reverend Reginald and see what he has to say on the subject. Reverend Reginald? Oh, you have to repeat the subject because I just got off. Uh, I couldn't listen to two, three words. If you want to ask me that question again, because I'll answer it because I'm ready to talk about empathy, something that oh. you're very good at. Yes, <laughs> yes, sir. Well, the, I was talking about on page 53, at the very bottom, it starts with uh, line three, the last paragraph, it says, willpower and just trying to make good choices cannot compete with the true desire of the heart, for that is where the passion is. And I was asking everyone to open, open that up and give us, you know, give us their take or their, their opinion, emotions on what that meant for, to them. Let me, let me read it out loud to myself and put it into my computer. Go Don't ahead. worry about my sweat beads on my forehead. I see people looking at it. I know y'all paying attention to my sweat beads. Don't worry about it. Human and gals. Willpower and just trying to make good choices cannot compete with the true desire of the heart. For that is where the passion is. And your heart is where the passion is at. And your heart is what drives you to do whatever it is that you decide to do. Or one could argue your brain, but what was done in your heart, it's like with me, uh, I'ma just, like today, I had two phone calls, but the day started with the talking to God and then two phone calls, you know. Then I had a phone call asking me, you know, what, what they knew why they called me, because they say they know, you know how to put words together <laughs> and you know what to say you know but i always say it's the same thing that you heard thousands of times and uh I, I know it's my heart that makes it to where you can understand it because i genuinely care so i if i put that together into that sentence for uh what a passion is that my passion is no in, no no, no don't told, do sorry oh hello i'm in trouble no, 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 no you're fine you're fine That's oh i thought mistake. i was getting sorry. whooping Oh, so I was gonna whoop. <laughs> I had a flashback. <laughs> no, no, no. Okay. Uh, on the subject that I was on, on the phone call, because I was talking to a young man, very bright young man, and he called me the day out the blue. And I told him, I said, I know why you called me, because you know you. It, whatever it was in your heart, whatever that passion was, me call Reggie, my 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 big bro, and, and and let me hear what he has to say. And I say, well, all I told you is what you asked for. And then I start talking to him, and then he start getting real comfortable, like he got real comfortable because he knows like that is what I was asking for, not not the the question he had at first, but what he literally wanted to know and what he needed to know, 
because he was praying for it. And that conversation was a real heartful conversation, though, because uh, you had uh, two men sharpening iron. And, uh, you know, the good choice, I could have just, you know, pumped them up, you know, set them on by this way. But when you sit there and you talk to somebody from your heart, they know when you talk to them from your heart, they're going to sit there and listen to every word you say. And by the time that conversation over with, it's just speechless. And you you can hear the tear fall. And not one of them said, you know, them tears that one of them, man, man, I am somebody tears. Well, you know what I'm saying? Y'all know what I'm talking about. I am somebody tears. And and that's what that conversation was about. And, and, and I hope you hear me because that was a great conversation we had today. And that lifted me up just as well as you thought it lifted you up. That lifted me up as well. For you to give me a call, because I was not expecting a call from Pennsylvania. I don't think nobody ever called me from Pennsylvania ever in my life. <laughs> so that was a pleasure. But yeah, to stay within the lines, the passion is it, it, it is in that heart. Anybody got something else they want to add before we jump to empathy? Beyond his favorite subject. Minister Mitchells. I, I almost called you this morning too. You did? Oh, oh man. I don't, if, 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 if you would have called, <laughs> I don't know, I probably would have turned into a puddle of Hershey chocolate. <laughs> yeah, because I had no, for real, two, no, seriously, seriously, y'all, those two phone calls I had today, they were awesome though. Like a mother, I, I, I'm, I'm going to share this with y'all because I, I just have to. I'm, the mother called me and her son was shot. The son mm. was shot in the cab and the friend that was with the son, which is a female, got shot as well and she might not be able to walk. Mm. Now the young lady that I talked to, on the strength of me and this young lady, uh, when we met, she was with her son and she had told me things that she would like to happen to her. You know. Uh, she was staying with somebody at the time and a, and a living situation was not a good living situation. So the the me and me was like, look, man, uh, I know I know this place. You got to fill out this application. You got this, this, and this. They'll get you in real quick. You know, and I used to always say, but you got to believe. If you believe in it, then it'll work. Not just off the word of mouth of what I'm saying because I don't want you to, you know what I'm saying? I don't want you to think of anything that I'm just trying to, Sweet talk you clean up off your off your feet. I just I just know I know that look in your eye. I know how you interact with your child. I know that you want something better than what you have. So okay, they got the application. Then I say, she say, Well, I have X amount of kids and I need a foundation for them. I need a I need I, I need to get me a place because I haven't been on my feet and I'm trying to get on my feet. Well, after doing that application, she got their place within like a month. And uh she said, yeah, I got this place, got like a four-bedroom. Now I can go get my kids. You know what I'm saying? I can go get my kids that can stay with me. Well, one of them kids is the one that got shot, right? So as she was talking to me, because she asked me what to do, and I sat there and I said, well, what's your soul tell you to do? You know what I'm saying? Because I, I like people to listen to themselves. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. 
Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. I don't get no advice. I, I am the wrong person to give you some advice. Don't even ask me for no advice. I just want you to listen to yourself. Because when you listen to yourself, you'll get a better understanding. Because it's you. It's not me. I can tell you anything. Yeah, go across the street. Go get some chips. And you know what I'm saying? I can tell you anything. But when you listen to yourself, then you'll find it. Especially if you're really looking for it. And all I do is just point you into, you know what I'm saying? Get out, get out the little, okay, you're in the shade. Come to the light. Oh, oh, I'll stay right there in the light. Okay, now keep talking. Okay, so I say, well, first of all, I say, you got you're a very strong thinker. You're a very strong thinker. You're powerful minded. I say, now with that powerful mind, stop putting your mind in the direction of, okay, because she wants to bring the son home, but the son's in a lot of pain and they have to, she, he has to rehabilitate, right? And she was like, I don't want to put him in a car and then a car ride. And that's when I say, okay, uh, that's when I told her about being a strong mind. I say, well, that's something that you cannot take care of. You just, you, there's nothing you could do. I, I mean, there's nothing you could possibly do. Then I hit her with the look, okay, you know a storm coming. I mean, I say, a storm always going to come, and you don't know what the storm going to do to you. But one thing you can know is that a storm you got to go through. So when you know that, you'll be prepared for it. And after I told her that, then that's when I said, now look, for you trying to save the world and, and be a great mama, some stuff you just cannot do. So if you if you go over and ask, ask God to, to, to heal your son and you believe it, he'll do it right now. So therefore you ain't got to use your powerful mind to think that your, pain, that your son's in pain because you already know your son is in pain. That's the storm that you know you got to, you already know that he's in pain. Okay, you can, but what you can do is you believe that he will be healed. Therefore, you can take your mind off of what you what you put your mind on. Then on top of it, I say you had a place, and you got. I say how many bedrooms you got? I got four bedrooms. I say okay. Uh, wasn't you telling me that you wanted all your kids to come? I say now, don't you think that it's time? No matter what the situation was, don't you think it's time to? It's it's time to accept your son that he's coming home. No, you don't need to move to Dallas. They was like, I want to move to Dallas and say, think about it. You got a place, and if you got a place that was built for your children to come, because you got a four bedroom, you only had one son. That means it's time for your son to come home. And the search says that he in, so that you can be able to take care of him like you want to take care of him. And then that's when she. Said not registered. Thank you, because you made me feel a whole. I said I didn't make you feel nothing. All I did was remember what you said. So all the times you said I never listened to you. I want you to know I listened to every word, and there was a reason why I listened to every word because I knew exactly. I ju- I just knew. I, I I couldn't pinpoint what I I just knew that. Okay, you got this apartment. You got it in two to three weeks. Nobody got an apartment that fast. And then after you got the apartment in two to three weeks, after you then went through that, then. You said you wanted to get your kids, and then something just happened to happen with one of your children. And I say, well, if this never happened, how long was it going to take for you to get your kids? You know what I'm saying? Like, how long would it take for you to go get your son? That's what she really said. Now, see, that's how you you know how to put the – no, I don't know how to put none of these words together. I'm just saying, you put the plan in action with your words. You've been put that plan in action. So when you put that plan in action, you need to be active on that plan now that the, the plan is being active itself, 
you just step in and, and she felt the whole lot. She said, now you can hear from the first minute that she called to the time that it was time to hang up that she was a totally different person. But those weren't even my words. Those were hers. They weren't even mine. But they say that passion, right? Like, because when it burned, like when it burned, when I had that certain burn, I don't care who you is. I'm going to tell you. I don't care if I've never seen you before. I, I might, look, I'll be having a conversation with myself. Don't do it, Reggie. Don't do it. Don't do it. Too big. You can't approach people like that. Don't do it. Don't do it. They, don't, they might be scared of, you know, so, but I just be like, forget it. And I go ahead and, you know, I, you say, use your humor. I use my humor. You say, just use your size, use your size, but whatever it be, it just be that. And I just wanted to share that. And, I, I, and if I'm not mistaken, it kind of went in with it a little bit. Didn't it be? Disagree to disagree. It went in with what you said. I agree with you. I okay. agree with you. All right. All right. Because this, this brings up something else. You know, you have to be careful with what your burning desire is. You know, yeah, we have the willpower. But your burning desire will set off a chain of events for you to be able to live out your burning desire. You cannot question how your burning desire comes to place. You just have to be open enough, be aware enough and conscious enough to understand that this is leading to your burning desire. That's what I got from your conversation. Her burning desire was to bring all of her children home. She prepared a place for her children. But she was not prepared for how the universe God was going to bring her children to her. Her burning desire created that situation to where she can bring her children home. It just so happens that it was an unfortunate event that allowed her to live out the desires of her heart. So we also have to be open enough, open enough, aware enough, and conscious enough to know when our burning desires are coming to because we ne things never come the way we expect them to. But we always get what we desire. Antonio used to always tell me, your intentions have nothing to do with your harvest. Your desire has everything to do with your harvest. You can, in, you can intend to be the perfect person, but if your wake is, is trash, the desire of your heart created a trash wake. You can, be, you can have all the intentions in the world to want to help someone, but if your burning desire is to help someone and expect something in return, guess what you're going to do? You're going to help someone. You're not going to get gratitude or notoriety in return. So what are you going to do? I wanted this. I wanted that. I'm never going to help this person ever again because I didn't get the gratitude that I wanted. But you say you're a good person. Your intentions were great, but what was the burning desire in your heart? You can, what you expect and what you get are completely different, but you have to have the awareness, the character, the integrity, the consciousness, and the connection with source or God to understand that this is what you desire. So. 
I'm I'm done. Anyone else? Would anyone else to 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 remark on this before? No, ma'am. Nobody's going behind that. No. Oh. <laughs> My bad, fool. My bad. Well, all right then. Well, Reverend Reginald, the floor is now open for you to open up because you said you wanted to talk about empathy. So let's open this up because yeah, that's definitely you know. a part of integrity, character, all that. Let's, the floor is yours. Yeah. Turn to page 58. Everybody turn to page 58. We about ready to jump on this dance floor since Mr. Mitchell always say the floor is yours. So we all is a step on this dance floor. And I want us to have the same rhythm. I got two left feet, but I'm sure we're gonna put them together. And I'm gonna start off with this paragraph. Let me get an integrity when you when you got when you turn to page 58, let me get an integrity. <laughs> all right. Everybody got it? Everybody on page 58? If you ain't got the book, don't worry about it. I'm gonna read it. All right, if we look at our leader who didn't make it, what would be lacking? In a word, empathy. Empathy is the Indiana. I mean, is the ability to enter into another person's experience and connect with it in such a way that you actually experience to some degree what the other person is experiencing. It is as if you are that other person, at least for a moment. Empathy comes from a Greek words meaning end and feeling. It is as if you are in the feeling of the other. I read it like that because the word empathy makes you sound like that. It just, the word empathy makes you sound like, the word empathy makes you read like that. It just makes you so calm puts you in a place to where somebody's just venting, talking to you because they trust you with what they are talking to you about, and you just to the flow of, man, I feel what you're saying. I actually, could somebody explain to me how that has worked for you, and then explain to me when it backfired. Can you say that one more time? Can I? I couldn't, yeah, I couldn't hear when, I don't know if that's my, my Wi-Fi, but you oh, went in and out. Oh, can you say that one more time? Okay, uh, empathy. Empathy, the time that it worked for you, the time that it, that it backfired. Gotcha, okay. So for me with um, empathy, how I understand empathy for a long time, I used to mistake it for sympathy, you know, and and there's a difference, you know, empathy is is, is different from sympathy, you know, and I think it's a place of, um. And and um, empathizing is that's that definition. You know, is great definition because you're putting yourself in the place of the other person, in the, in the other person's shoes, and you're feeling 
feeling what they're going through. And that's the difference of empathy. You feeling what they're going through and you're putting yourself in their shoes. And so it works well when I'm functioning within the definition of empathy. It backfires when I, you know, interpret it as sympathy for me, you know, as opposed to sympathizing with someone. The sympathy doesn't do anybody any good. You know, it's not, you know, it's not, um, it's not helpful. But empathy helps, you know, because you can help a person grow and you grow yourself, you know, when you come from a place of empathy as opposed to sympathy. I don't want sympathy and most people don't want it or need it, you know, but empathy. So that's where, for me, it backfires when I get those two mixed up and often it may happen at times. But that's what I was like to share with that one. Let me share that. All right. Thank you, Maurice, for sharing. Thank you very much. Who else would like to, the floor is open. Who else would like to comment on what Reginald just asked or answer the question Reginald just asked? The floor is open. Go ahead, Ms. Carol. I just wanted to mention one thing. Sometimes when we empathize with people, we have to be very cautious on the character of the person we're empathizing with. Because although you're empathizing and they need that at that moment, they're also thinking trickery. Okay. And it's like, okay, so now I can get over on this person because they empathize with me. And sometimes they will try to get over on you or, or take your kindness for weakness. So you have to really um, understand who you're speaking to, what they're about, what they're actually, their outcome, what they're looking for, for an outcome, and how you can then help them get towards that outcome, going through whatever it is that they're going through, but also guarding yourself too, so that, you know, they don't think of you as a fool because you're empathizing with them, because some people will do that as well. So, you know, just sharing. <laughs> no, thank you. Thank you very much. Tempest agreed. Thank you very much for sharing. So I, I, I would like to pose a question to, to everyone. Um, when it comes to empathy, Bestie said very true. Also, when it comes to empathy, Reverend Reginald, there's two different sides of it. And I, I learned this through Antonio as well. There's two different sides. You have your, the light side of empathy and then you have the shadow side of empathy. Um, to, to add on to what Ms. Carroll said, yes, you can empathize with someone and they can take advantage of you. But at the same time, you have to be careful because when you empathize with someone and you don't understand the full definition or the full awareness and consciousness of what empathy is, you can actually take on their emotion. So you have to be careful with that. So it, so to answer your question, Reverend Reginald, when it when empathy doesn't work, it backfires on you when you take on that person's emotion and you take it on as your own. So if you if you walk into a room and someone is, excuse my angle, excuse my my uh, excuse my verbiage, but they're so pissed off that the whole room is on fire, 
and you walk in there and it hits you and then all of a sudden you're angry, you're walking around, you have to be careful because you'll take that energy, you'll take that emotion on as your own and you'll take it to your house. And you'll snap on people, go off on people. And one minute you are fine, the next minute you're ready to scorch the entire planet. But at the same time, if you have the awareness of it, it works to your advantage because when you have the awareness and consciousness of empathy and you understand that somebody in this room is at a, a very high level of anger, a very high level of pain. And I believe we, we actually had a conversation about this before. As you're walking into that room, the closer you get to that person, you can feel who it is. And, you're, and if you use your empathy correctly, you can actually reach out to that person, whether they realize it or not, and just reach out as a help and not, and not take on their emotion. And when you reach out as a help, you can save a life. Because if someone is extremely angry, you don't know what they're going to do. But if you can just say, hey, if you can be that, that sounding board or that that light in that anger, that light in that darkness, you can shine the light on them and say, hey, everything's okay. Or if you walk into a room and someone's in so much pain, you can save a lot because you don't know the level of their pain. You don't know how long they've been in that pain. And you just simply acknowledging the fact that they even exist in that room could save a life. Antonio always tells us, you never know who's one smile, one hug, one handshake, or one hello away from suicide. So I'm going to push it. You never know who's one hello, one handshake, one hi, or one smile away from I'm about to choke everybody in this room. You never know who's, who's that person. <laughs> so, if you're, if, so if you properly use that, that, if you properly use that empathy, you can save a life or you can destroy your own. So the backfire of it, the backfire of having empathy is destroying your own life. This, the, the, the sunshine part of having empathy is saving somebody else's. So, uh, who else would like to, the floor is open, who else would like to open up and express and answer uh, Reverend Reginald's question? The floor is open. And I, I, I want to get, while, while the floor is open and people getting their uh, thought processes together, because I probably need, with the, with the empathy thing, uh, I'm trying to, trying, I want to figure out when is a good time to tell somebody that's, I'm talking about, you know what I'm saying, hey man, I know what you feel like, I've been through what you've been through, when is a good time to, is that, is that that's empathy? Or is that, that's what you call, because when they say you can feel, you know what I'm saying? Like, what is, what is a good time? It, that's not a good time, isn't it? That's, hey, hey, man, I know how you feel. <laughs> you got to add a little, I know how you feel. I know, because, you know, so a lot of people get mad. All right, I ain't going to say a lot of people. Let me, you know how you've been in a situation in Yeah, man, because you don't know what I've been through. You, you don't know the life. Uh, no, <laughs> I, you're right. You're, <laughs> you're absolutely right. I don't know. I don't, it sounds like we got some similarities, but you was on 34th Street. I was on 41st Street. That's the difference. So I can't, you know what I'm saying? I'm just saying like, I guess you, can I say you got to be born with that to be 
Like D, I'm asking you. I'm talking to you. That's something you was born with, ain't it? Like for real. No, for real. Because you can do, like you got the power to do. I, I think if I try to be like, if I try to do you, I think people would call my bluff. Mm. What? Oh, go ahead, Ms. Carroll. That's I'm, a I'm superpower. A... That is a superpower. Yeah, we know. We know, right? We know, Tiana. <laughs> <laughs> we had that conversation not so long ago, actually, because there's some people that are born born with that, that gift. It's actually a gift. And sometimes it feels like a curse because you're picking up all this energy all the time. But as you go through life and you have a journey, the different things that take you through that journey sometimes makes you that sensitive that you can also pick up on that. So you don't have to be born with it, but your life journey can almost train you to, to detect that immediately so that you have that knowing out of all your experiences. And it's also, you are a strong believer. So, I'm a, so we're going to speak in, in that language, Reverend Reginald. God will direct you to who you need to go to because he knows who will accept you and what you have to say. He, he uses the universe, source, God, whoever, whoever, you whatever your spiritual practice is is all knowing they will they and you have been given a gift to use for their purpose so in that they all they've already if you have accepted your assignment they've already know who to put in your path just for you because they understand there are people that I can't go and talk to. I can't go talk to the person that grew up on 40, on 33rd or 45th. I can't, I, me, I can't do that. Because they're going to look at me like, why are you even here? <laughs> like, who are you? Where did you, I can't go and say, yeah, I understand, man, these streets are hard. I can't, I, look at me. Look at me, li listen to my voice, this chipmunk voice. Can I walk up to Reginald and say, yes, sir, I understand how it feels, you know, out on these streets. I can't go up to you and talk to you like that. But I can approach somebody like Grace and Miss Carol, like, hey, Grace, you know what? I, I understand. When I get angry, I want to scorch the earth, but at the same time, I can, but at the same time, it was like, I understand. I have scorched the entire universe, not just the earth. I have scorched the entire universe. So I understand where you're coming from. I understand how to get so angry where you tear up and you start crying and people think you crying because you weak. No, I'm crying because I'm ready to rip your head off your body with the spine still attached. I can go to Grace and talk to Grace like that, but I can't, I can't come to you <laughs> and tell you that. <laughs> you go look at me like, look, girl, who is you? <laughs> so when it comes to that, you and you'll know 
there have been people that have walked into our church just from your conversation because you followed what you were told. You followed the empathy within you and you spoke when you were supposed to speak. And you spoke to people who I, even, even though I get along with those who have walked in the church that you have invited, I could, I, I, I was not where I needed to be for that. You were. You were where you needed to be. So you, so don't, you'll know, just like the phone calls you got today, you will know. You will know exactly who it is. So you don't have to be nervous because they'll come to you. There's going to be something that they see in you that automatically magnetizes them to you. I can no longer be an apartment manager. It's done. Why? And I used to have people tell me all the time, you're too nice for this position. And I never understood what they, was, what they said, but the more and more that Antonio coached me, the more and more that I, I learned from him, I realized they are drawn to my empathy because these are people who are in pain and who are hurting and they know that I empathize with them. And not only do I empathize with them from a person perspective, I empathize with them from a tenant perspective because I've rented in an apartment. I've signed a lease. I've lived with 400 other people in the same building, in the same complex. You know, I've been there. But there's something about me. I, I used to have people come to me. I literally had people sit in front of me who I only saw between the first and the third of every month. Didn't see them outside of that. I didn't have to worry about seeing them for any work orders because they called them in. But... For some reason, on a day that they needed to pour out of themselves, they walked into my office, sat down, and I instantly knew. And the only words that would come out of my mouth are, are you okay? And the, and the sprinkler system came on, the waterworks came on, here come the waterfall, and they just start pouring out they just needed someone to acknowledge the fact that they were hurting when you are walking wherever you are walking when you are in whatever in whatever environment you are in the person that that needs you will come to you or you will feel you will obviously you will look at a person and be like you need some help and that particular person is the person that's open to receive you as their help. So don't ever, so don't worry about when is the right time. You will always know when it's the right time. The question is, will you answer it when the time is right? So when I, so when I, when I, when I am in that, that's, that's me having empathy. That is, the reason why I ask because I'm, I'm just I'm, I'm gonna go to page fifty nine. Okay. Let me let me see. When you are tapped into God, Source, the Universe, however you choose to say it, or what, how whatever your belief is, it you'll always know. Um, I wish Antonio. But he's not going to speak for like another year or so. So let me see how I phrase this. Um, well, no, I mean, I'm, 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 I was, I'm speaking on a more point of because 
me personally, I just, I just wanted a, I, I wouldn't say a better explanation of empathy and I, I, like, and what, you know, because just don't drive, you just, like you said, you just don't go drive, walk up to somebody and just have empathy for them. Like, you know, but when you have that passion, like in the first part, because my passion mm -hmm. is listening to people and getting them to listen to themselves. And when they listen to themselves, I see a smile and I'll be like, that's all I needed. Like that's, that would be my payment. Don't give me no money. Don't give me none of that stuff. I don't want no soda. I don't want no chips. I want some sugar cookies, but if they have some sugar cookies, I'll take some sugar cookies. But I, that's what I'm not looking at. I just want, you know, before I said something to you, you looked it like this. After you look like that, that's it. I used to get into it with, I used to get into it with my counselor and outpatient. Cause my outpatient, like, you just you 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 holding stuff in and you won't you won't let go. And so you mean to tell me that you just what gives you energy is just when you help other people. And I'm like, that's what gives me energy. She will not let me. <laughs> she like she was really she was really on it like. She was really telling me that that's is got to be something else, and I'm like, nah, for real. Because when I talk in your classroom and somebody says, Reggie, that's exactly what I needed to hear. All right, thank you. I didn't say it. You know what I'm saying? Well, nobody trying to do it to take your spot, Miss Teacher, Ma'am, Counselor, Lady. Well, nobody trying to do that. You know what I'm saying? This is me. I I think you don't like that part in me because maybe I he answered a question that you asked and you couldn't get him to, whatever it was, you know? That's it, I, I, that's it. I'm gonna press me. No, no, you, you, you're okay. <laughs> Corey, uh, you, Corey, you're up next after Corey, uh, Ms. Monica, go ahead. I think just, just to piggyback a little bit on what Reginald was saying, I think you have to get yourself out of your way to truly have empathy for someone else. And whenever you have some thought, like when you're taught listening to someone, you're thinking, oh, what am I going to say? Why don't, you know, am I truly listening? Am I not listening? You got all this other stuff in your head. When you say you understand what they're saying, they can feel that you don't really understand what you're saying. Okay. But, when you're, but once you really get yourself out of the way and you're just like, you know what? I, in my opinion, thoughts, everything else is out of the way for a second and I'm just on you the right words come out. Like you don't even have to think about saying, thinking about saying what you need to say or whatever it might be. Um, it's just, it just comes out similar to going back to what we were talking about in the beginning of the conversation of your true inner burning desire would come out. So it's like if your burning desire is to actually listen and truly get into the other person's world, that's what the person's gonna get. But if your desire is just to say, you know what, I'm just going to listen because I think this, per this is what this person needs, needs right now, but I really don't know what I'm going to say. I think the person would actually even understand if you say, you know what, I don't understand what you're saying fully, but, you know, I know that this is what you need right now. That would be a lot better than saying, oh, I understand what you're saying because the person gets that. But if you say, you know what, I don't understand fully, but I'm committed to actually really being able to better understand what you're saying. And um, so that's what I would say about really having empathy is getting yourself out of the way, getting all your thoughts, your opinions, everything that, that you think that that person's saying, 
and truly just listening to what that person's actually saying. And that's it. All right. Thank you very much, Corey. All right. Ms. Monica, you're next. And after Monica, Ms. Carroll. Um, I was just going to say pretty much the exact same thing Corey said um, about really being in their position because years ago I used to get confused as well um, between empathy and sympathy. Um, I always thought it was kind of the same thing, which in a sense they're similar, but I think sympathy is just kind of feeling bad for someone and then you just kind of move on. Um, being empathetic towards someone, you're really setting everything aside and trying to understand their situation. And um, just like Corey said, they'll know, I think it's more of a genuine act. So they'll know you're being genuine because you're sitting, you're it means more to someone, just you sitting there and listening. So the conversation that you had, uh, Reggie, on the call today, that was, be, you were being empathetic um, based off the result that you mentioned. So they knew that you were truly being genuine in your words and what you were saying and being empathetic towards their situation. And sometimes just that alone helps people. Sometimes you don't have to go out of your way to do a lot for someone. Sometimes just listening and truly uh, responding to whatever their, their problem is or whatever it is that they're going through is enough to, I guess, quote unquote, save someone from their situation if they did have a, a thought, a suicidal thought or, or anything else. So uh, I was just going to say something similar, but it is a very, it, it can be confusing, but I think uh, you did just that with your conversation because that was being empathetic. All right. Thank you very much, Ms. Right, Monica. Yes. Thank you, Corey. Now I'm getting some understanding. That's what I need, understand. All right, well, we got one more. Uh, Reverend Reginald, we have Ms. Carol. So, when someone is in pain and you're speaking to them, you can understand what they're talking about and you can communicate that. And, and you can be listening to them and you can be there for them that does not make you empathetic. Mm. So the empathy comes in when you're sharing the feeling, you're understanding it and you're sharing the feeling of that person. So you can be just as effective by just understanding and giving them some sort of insight into what they're thinking so they can get the answer almost like therapy, right? A therapist will get you to the point where you need to go, but they're not feeling what you're feeling. They're not gonna take all that stuff home. Some people do because they're empathetics, but others don't have to do that, but they're just knowledgeable and experienced and they can kind of guide you out of whatever mood you're in or help you find your direction. But when you're empathizing with someone, you're understanding them, but you're also sharing that feeling at the time. And I think that's where sometimes people get a little bit confused in the empathy part. And then if you're sympathizing with them, um, it's more like you're making them small. You're not showing them their power. 
you're feeling bad for them. And people need to be elevated. They need to be um, uh, pushed so, so that the strength can come up and show up so that they can get through that. So that's why I don't, I don't like to sympathize with anybody. <laughs> Just sharing that anyway. Thank you. Thank you very much for sharing, Ms. Carol. Um, um, Y'all, please excuse me for my, for my silence. I'm trying to think. Okay. Yeah. Yes, go ahead. I saw, uh, I saw Maurice unmuted his mic. I just wanted to let you know. Please. Thank you. Maurice, go ahead. The floor is yours. No, I wanted to relate that to, and as I was listening to everybody, um, an example I wanted to think about is if, you know, uh, have you ever been with someone that has lost a loved one? And, you know, you may have lost a loved one, but you still can never say that I can relate to you or I feel your pain because it may not be the same feeling for, for you as it is for that individual. You know, and um, and this is the closest for the example of empathy for me, I think. And that's what jumps out to me as I'm listening to everyone is, um, and sometimes it's just being there and or just the presence. No words, not necessarily, because a lot of times there's no words to say even. <laughs> there's nothing for you to even, you know, you can even say, you know, to relate to what that person is going through. So the empathy often can be just being present, sharing in that, 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 that spirit or sharing in that loss or sharing in that moment that that individual may be going through is, you know, and it's, it's nothing said, you know, it's no words at all, you know, it's just, and then, you know, when they leave, man, thank you, I needed that. Or, you know, it's like, they, you know, so, you know, that, that's what, you know, kind of hearing and that's what I'm getting from that is in, in so I think that's true empathy and, and sometimes it's just unspoken. You don't even have to say a word. It's just a matter of, you know, really sharing that moment with that individual or because a lot of times, you know, it's best not to even say anything because it just is almost like you put your foot in your mouth, <laughs> you know, kind of, you know, it's like, I want to say something, you know, you want, you know, you've been in that moment where you're, you're trying to comfort someone in a loss or and the more you say, the worse it gets. It's just, right, I'm just here. If I need anything you need, you know, I'm just here, man. Just whatever it is. So sometimes that's, that's even, you know, that speaks volumes than sharing any words. And definitely no sympathy. And Ms. Carroll said, you know, sympathy is, is a, that comes from a low energy, weak place. You know, it breaks you down. So weakening, weakening. Um, it has more of a weakening effect. You know, I empathize with you, but I'm not going to sympathize with you. If I care for you, if, I, if I'm if I'm saying that I got, if I, I I have concern for you, that's what I wanted to share with. You. Thanks for letting me share that. Thank you, thank you very much, Maurice, for sharing that as well. I want to thank each and every one of you for sharing, from Corey to Miss Monica to Carol to Maurice. Thank each and every one of you. Reverend Reginald, the floor is yours to respond, comment, express. What else is on your mind and your heart? Uh, like you said, uh, with the empathy, the empathy, the empathy. <laughs> you just, you just displayed again. I'm just like, thank everybody. I'm trying to channel my inner Deanna. Thanks everybody for 
commenting and leaving your thoughts as well. Uh, as I go through this experience of finding out what empathy means, uh, I, I'm coming to find out that I do show empathy. And uh, I guess I could start using the word because I was kind of, I kind of erased the word from it because, you know, empathy is kind of, in my opinion, it was, it was, I just didn't even, I didn't, I didn't get it because I just didn't understand that you can feel somebody else's. I mean, I know you can feel it, but you saying that I can feel and understand like, because I know I can't, I can't do that. But the way Ms. Carol and Lisa, everybody else that chimed in today, y'all gave me a better understanding. And I will continue to do my part when it touches my stomach, that fire, and it burns and it gives me the joy to talk to other people, that I will definitely continue to do so. Definitely continue to do so, because this is what I love to do anyway. Especially when I get the phone calls that I wasn't expecting and they want to hear me because you don't, they don't know where I was at. <laughs> you don't know what I was thinking. You don't know what I was going through and to be like, I got a chance to, to oh man, this is, this was up because I was supposed to go somewhere. I was supposed to put my do-rag on and go outside and lace them Air Force Ones up Grace and, Go to a stroll in the park, but I, you know, got the phone calls, so I put my N1 slippers on. When I put my N1 slippers on, it makes me calm. Uh, anybody else feels like they want to talk about this, the empathy? Um, I would like to share something. And Antonio said that he can, he can feel everyone in the world at the same time. If you have ever had a one-on-one -on -one conversation with Antonio, if you have ever been on a call with him, you have seen him do this. But what he said after that really struck me. He said, I know my purpose. As a leader, you when you know your purpose, which original you are and you know your purpose your empathy is magnified because you know your purpose like i was saying earlier we each have we each have a gift and the universe uses that gift to help others bring out what's within them or to help heal others you love talking to people and healing them your gift allows because you have that desire in your heart that gift who you are what your purpose is allows you to shine bright to those who need you most and at the same time you can also feel that that person needs you but you're also aware enough, open enough, and still enough to listen when the universe, God, source tells you, I need you to talk to that person. See, your gifts, empathy, it, it, it's, it's double-sided. 
your empathy allows you to feel who you need to approach, but it also allows you to be open enough to listen, to hear what you need to say to them. The other, the other day, it was either earlier this, this week or it was last week, Miss Carol said, hey, I feel this person. I think I, and she has not gotten out. She still has confusion. She hasn't gotten out everything that she needs to feel. If Miss Carol didn't know what her purpose was, if she didn't pay attention to her empathy, and if she didn't speak for that person, which is what her gift is, that person would have never gone hurt. That person would have still been in confusion. And that person would have never gotten the answers they needed. Ladies and gentlemen, when you are a leader and you pay attention to your gifts, you'll know what you're supposed to do, when you're supposed to do it, how you're supposed to do it. Reggie, you mm -hmm. actually Reggie, you actually do it on a consistent basis and you know it, but you don't know it. And I, before Maurice spoke, I was battling with <clears throat> the very first time I actually opened myself up to get to, to, to my gift from both directions. In the process of delivering a message from something I felt and also listening to what I was told to do. And I think I told Grace this, but I don't remember. I was at a, it was the very first time I ever went to a Woman Thou Are Loose conference. And for the first time ever, see, one of the things about having empathy is being, and it's actually, it's actually on page 59 and I'll, I'll read it. It means, um, it says, empathy requires a few character, character components. First, there is the ability to feel and be what is referred to as soft-hearted. If people are cut off from their emotions to begin with, then they usually have little ability to feel what someone else is feeling. To be an empathetic person means that you have to overcome character detachment. It means that first of all, you are not detached from your own emotions. This does not mean sentimental, which in and of itself is usually false uh, pseudo emotion. It means that you are truly in touch with your feeling ca uh, capacity. People who are out of touch with their own feelings are limited in their ability to empathize with others. Reggie, you don't have an inability to empathize with others because your deepest desire is to help others. So I read that to say the very first time I actually opened myself up to the full capacities of my emotions, I was able to, like I said, be the giver and the receiver of my gift of empathy. I was at the Woman Thou Luther's conference. It was the opening. He said, for everyone to come up, it was open prayer, blah, blah, blah. I went up. There are a lot of emotions going on in this place. <laughs> a lot of emotions. But the first time that I just released and completely opened myself up. I released all my deficiencies emotionally. I grabbed somebody's hand. I, when we went to hold hands, she, we grabbed hands. She looked at me, she smiled, we grabbed hands, and I instantly heard, tell her this. And I'm standing here, I'm like, okay, maybe I'm tripping. Maybe that's just a voice in my head. 
And it said it again, tell her she is enough. I'm sitting there, I'm like, and I heard everything was silent until I grabbed this woman's hand and I'm sitting here, I'm like, okay. And so I told myself, pay attention and actually be obedient. Be obedient and do what was said. And this is this is what I mean when, when you use your, your empathy in the light side, you actually save a life. I don't know what that woman was going through. After the prayer was over, we're walking off. She was ahead of me. So I tapped her and she said, hi. She waved, you know, you, you know the church, the church, hi, and you keep on moving. She did that. And I was like, I was like, okay, man up and go do what you were told to do. I tapped her on the shoulder again and she, and she turned around and I did this. So she reached in for a hug and, the mo- and I told her, I said, you are enough. And she just started crying. I don't know what that woman was going through. I don't know. I don't know what that woman was going through. I don't, but whatever it was, she needed to hear that. She needed to hear those words arranged in that way in order for her to get the message that she needed to get. Something in her was telling her that whatever it was, whatever she was going through, but she needed to hear that she was enough. She was there for a reason. Reginald empathy is exactly what you do. You tell people what they need to hear when they need to hear it. You break down the walls that have them up. You save lives on a consistent basis. Your empathy, you you may not feel what somebody else is actually in, but you know enough and you're open enough and aware enough to know that when you are in somebody's presence, look, it's time I tell you and that person is receptive to what you have to say because that is what that is what you were you specifically were supposed to tell them yeah because it's in their face <laughs> they, they hold the whole little thing around them says Aurora yeah I know I'm good with pronunciation the, the, you th- I said it right don't correct yeah. me Grace I, Aurora <laughs> That's around them. Grace, I was trying to correct me. Don't you correct me. Aurora, that's around you. I can see it like, yeah, because it's, you know what? I was going to tell you tomorrow, but I ain't got no choice. You need to quit going over there. You know what I'm saying? And then they just put their head down. But yeah, I, 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 you know, I'm, I'm going to tell you what it is. Okay? Y'all want to know what it is. When I, when, I, when I do show it, I just want your voice, sis. That's all I want. To match, but I guess it don't match my body, right? I can't just be like, you know, I just want you to know that this <laughs> is not in me. I just, because I, my boy, hey, it's just this. That's my boy, hey, come here, no, hey, you know better than that. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. I but I think it's channel. better that way for you, Reggie, because people would never expect that from you if they don't know you. They would never expect yeah. for you to be someone who's truly genuine and out to help someone. So I, I feel, and this might be biased, but it, it would come more, like it would mean a lot more coming from someone like you because it's not expected. Yeah. And peop, human beings judge, unfortunately. Like you do when you see someone, so they're like, ooh, that's a big guy, you know, and brave and yeah, all that. So it's yeah. intimidating. Yeah. So coming from you, it means 10 times more. So I think it's actually an advantage um, for you, but 
I think you just need to kind of overcome the fear of approaching someone feeling like it's, it's like they're going to be afraid of you. Cause I don't think that's it. Cause once you do start talking and they realize what's going on, it'll put a lot of people at ease, especially men, because there's not a lot of men out there that, yeah. that, that I've come across that will let themselves be vulnerable with someone else to help them because a lot of times pride gets in the way. So I think it's a, it's an advantage for you. And I think you should definitely use it towards your advantage. Thank you. Thank you so much, Ms. Monica. Thank you. Cause, cause like I was saying earlier, Reggie, I can't, how, okay. Me and you ain't never met. I walk up to you, sir. I understand how you feel. How you gonna take that from me? Uh, you can't ask me that, D. You can't ask me that. You want to know why you can't? No, no, you can't. You got to remember, I grew up in a household with females. So guess who I'm going to respect more? You. Gotcha. You will be the only one that'll get me to like, when I was in high school, it was this substitute teacher. And she was the, she was one of my coach's mother. And she substituted our class. And, you know, they was in there acting up. I, I was on my best behavior, Grace. I was not the class clown that I get every year. They don't give me best dress. They always give me class clown. I deserve best dress some year. Anyway, I'm just venting, y'all. Don't worry about me. Yes, I went all the way back to high school. They should have gave me best dress because I was, anyway, class clown. I won't even try to make them people laugh. They just silly anyway. I don't even make them laugh. But the lady... The, they was getting on the nerves, and I stood there. Hey, man, y'all wouldn't act like that if your mama was up here. You know, that lady told me to stay up. And she said, I don't need your help. <laughs> you, I don't need your help. I, I can handle this on. What you need to do is stop selling weed in school. Wait, 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 a, wait a minute, Jesus. Who are you? <laughs> Who? Where did you? Hey, hey, when, look, when she said that, do you understand me? That lady is the only lady... If she was in the game, if we had a basketball game and she was in the crowd and I was getting to have one of my Reggie moments and she would have stood up and said, Reggie, I would have stopped what I was doing. She had that much power. And that's what I'm talking about. Like, but if it was anybody else, man, you just, <laughs> anyway, anyway. But passport to manhood is the perfect example of what Monica was just saying, though. Yeah, yeah. That's why I stuck with it for years. I actually taught that at the Boys and Girls Club for years. And all those Boys and Girls Clubs I worked at. And I, I was looking at a picture the other day. It was me. And I had, man, you know, I had like 55 boys in that class. 55. And when I spoke, do you know that none of them boys side talk? Oh, well, just imagine you're in a classroom. Just imagine you're in a classroom and you only got not a piece of that. You know, you got side talk, you got laugh, you got joke, and they was in, because I, I just told, you know, they, they know what it was. I knew what it was. I'm going to tell you just like it's supposed to be. I ain't, I'm not no, I'm not, I'm not this, I'm not that, and this is what you need to know, and this is exactly what's going to happen to you. Because, you know, it was stuff happening. There was events happening during that time wow they was there so grabbing their attention so yeah uh 
Monica, uh, I, you you are that you was very accurate, very accurate. Miss Cal, by the way, you you had that same power. I know it's just been a couple of Thursdays, but I'm just letting you know that you got the same power. So if I be around Grace and because Grace say I be acting up, I don't be acting up. I be on my I be on my busy hey. I be on my busy hey. So when you say word, I'm that's it. I'm I'm at ease. I'm just I'm letting you know. You you have that. I'm just giving you that right now today. Well, you know something, Reggie. When we first met eye to eye, uh, right? There was a click. There was some kind of communication that went on. Whether it's past life, whatever it is, I don't know what it is. But you're the type of person that when you say something, you say it with such power that it feels like it's coming from a soulful place, from your heart. So people will listen. But not only that, because of your size and the honesty that's coming from you, there's a trust factor that goes there. So they feel safe with you. So they can talk to you. So never stop doing what you're doing because that's a blessing, okay? And you're blessing somebody else and you're gonna get it back. Know that. Thank you. Mm -hmm. I remember uh, Minister Mitchell, remember you was talking about Antonio, he said he feels everybody. You know, you know what I wanted to say, but you was talking, you was in the rhythm. That's Professor X. When he goes to the cerebrum, that's Antonio. That's, that was his form of life. He was the Professor X on the X-Men. We was the students. <laughs> we are the okay. students. Yeah, yeah, Professor I'm X. Sorry. He can't I'm talk. Sorry. He can't talk. He's no, just he listening. can't. Yeah, he's just listening. Yeah. Reggie, I'm so happy uh -huh. you said that. I'm <laughs> so happy X. you said that because we are mutants. <laughs> in all honesty, in all, I'm so happy you said that because it, it makes me. It made me feel no. It makes me feel normal now. Yeah, I won't read though. I just gonna do my own little stuff. I respect them, but yeah, I, I got to go cut somebody's face off. <laughs> For those of you who have empathy, I need you to think about Cerebral from X-Men and Professor X. When you walk in a room, it's like walking into Cerebral. And when you're in there, and it's one person who stands out. It's like your empathy just like zooms in on that person. And then it's like, and then you know, and this is when you, you have the awareness and the consciousness, that that's when you know that person needs my help. Cerebro from X-Men is just like empathy. Only instead of only you, instead of you putting on the helmet and using your brain, it's like, it's like all every emotion in you from your heart and you feel, it's like you feel feel like you feel <laughs> i can i can literally drive down my street i can pass my street and i can feel the energy of my house before i even get on my street and you can ask grace it's been sometimes i've just sat in my car and i'm like yeah i can't do that energy right now <laughs> because i can feel what's inside the house I can, I can, I, and, and that is empathy. That just the, 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 the knowing 
that something is not right, that feeling that, hey, this person needs a hug. And not just one of those, hey, girl, hey, hugs, but one of those, here, come here. I, I need to hug you. I need to hug you to help melt away whatever it is you have on you right now. One of those kind of hugs. One of those hugs that when they go to let go, you you keep holding on to them because you know that at that that the moment that they are forcing you to let go, you know to keep holding on because you know that that force is them, not is them. You you hit the wall, and because you hit that wall, they're they're not ready to let it go. But if you keep holding on, they'll drop that wall and let go of everything. That kind of hug, the empathy lets you know all of that. No, and you just. I don't think you know how strong you are. That's why people try to let go. Because you hugged me one time. I thought the tattoo off my back was supposed to come off. <laughs> <laughs> the whole state of Texas was supposed to come off my back. I, I, thank you. Thank you. But God, God. <laughs> Grace has gotten those hugs before. And Antonio knows Antonio. And Antonio be like, she need one of your hugs. Because <laughs> I can't do it. <laughs> It's, it's just it's just a knowing it's 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 crazy but you do it you do it yeah. and you you do it to the people that i that that need your approach like hey, monica was on, saying on, on, yes ma'am yes sir sorry i i hugged antonio one time you know he's not no hugger you know antonio no. he can't say nothing so he gonna let me talk anyway i hugged him and you should have seen his face but he needs that hug, though. He he admitted it kind of, sort of, in his own Antonio way. But I had to, like, yeah, I'm the only one that can do it. <laughs> and I did it. So I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> Antonio, here, Antonio said it was not a receptive. Come here, brother. Yeah. <laughs> Come here, brother. Come get some of this. Everybody one time or another needs the human touch they just need that and especially when you're giving it from the heart because it's felt so antonio needs it too <laughs> <laughs> and that's, yeah, that's i'm the one, one he knows ah, bring it in buddy <laughs> don't worry about me okay <laughs> don't worry about those l's and 2k give me a hug on the cool I reading this book going through this leadership class several times and teaching it this time and just with everything Antonio has ever taught me on top of everything else I've, I'm now learning the importance of empathy as a leader. Because if you lead without empathy, you will lose everything. Because nothing is ever about you as a leader. Nothing. If you are a true and genuine leader of people, it's never about you. Never about you. Antonio tells us all the time, he, he has a lot of learned behaviors that he tells us all the time. I am not in it. I don't have empathy. 
But if you listen to him talk, because he is a true leader of people, he actually has he ha- actually has empathy. He he oh, I forgot what he called it. It's um not emotional discipline, but it's 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 a it's a form of empathy. But as a he's strategic. <laughs> he's very he's very strategic. But if you are a true leader of people, emotional intelligence, there that that's what it is. Emotional intelligence. He tells people all the time he does not, he does not have empathy, but he has emotional intelligence. And because of his emotional intelligence, it makes him empathetic to the people he leads because he is a leader of people. And the more you read integrity, the more you'll find out exactly what it is. It's more than just, integrity is more than just character. It's the whole of who you are. If your whole is not straight, your integrity is not straight, your character is not straight, your leadership is completely jacked. Completely. Maurice, I saw you unmute. Um, go ahead. The floor is yours. Yeah. Yeah, I wanted to say something to that. You know, I was ta- uh, was of the understanding, and they said that in honesty is telling the truth, and integrity is living the truth. And um, <clears throat> to the empathy part, you know, the practice of it sometimes, and when you're functioning in true empathy, really, you know, um, it equals love and true love at the core and sometimes love is not don't come across pretty it's not coming across it sometimes may come across as a, a, a bit harsh and it, i don't know if that's the right word but you know um it's not that it's a lack of empathy but the circumstances and your conditions and you begin to know and you be able to discern when like miss carol talked about that person that may be taken advantage of, of or may, may try to take advantage of your, of your empathy. So I get, you know, it may not come out, out in a way or it may appear other than empathy. And then also there's those that are narcissists that are very good at it and play on your empathy and try to flip it back on you because they know that you're that empath. You're that empath and they're good at what they do. So it, it, it almost is like, um, their way of flipping it back on you for the next time around, you know, so that they can play on that empathy. So um, sometimes it may come out that way, but true love is sometimes it ain't pretty. Sometimes it's telling a person what they need to hear and not what they want to hear. And it's not all mushy, you know, all the time, but that's what I wanted to share as well. Thank you for letting me share. Thank you. Thank you very much for sharing, Maurice. We greatly appreciate it. Thank you. All right, Reverend Reginald Paul. Can I can I just say one more thing? Please. You know, sometimes people are uh, that are empathetic, not pathetic, <laughs> but empathetic. <laughs> but um, and they have all of this feeling and stuff, and things happen to them in their life, and they turn that part off. And it's not that it's not there. It just looks differently because that's how they're able to survive. 
So some people have empathy. They might call it emotional intelligence or something else, but it's there. That's when you have to be careful because when you shut it off, it gets real dangerous. <laughs> and Tempest said, agreed again. <laughs> it's, it's, thank you, Michelle. Thank uh -huh. you very much, as always. Thank you. Reverend <laughs> Reginald? Uh, if nobody else have anything to say, we, we can uh, let your empathetic voice take us out. <laughs> Soothe us. Well, well the, the floor is open. Does anyone else have anything that they would like to share on empathy or the burning desires of their heart and willpower? The floor is open. Um, I think I have one thing that came to mind um, when you mentioned integrity and also having Go ahead. purpose. Um, I think when you have integrity, and integrity to me also, in addition to having good character and anything, it's also the state of being whole and complete and perfect. And what that really means to me is that you mentioned earlier that Antonio says that he knows his purpose. It's like once you know your purpose and you're full in an integrity, it's almost like you're a well-oiled machine. So what that means is that whenever you do listen to someone and you do have a level of empathy, since you're whole and complete, you're not, when you're listening to someone, you're not necessarily looking for anything in that conversation because you have everything. So by being able to, so, be, you know, always being in that of looking at where am I out of integrity, what can I put in? It really allows you to always be in that state of empathy if you have it. And whenever you, you feel like you can't generate that empathy, it could probably be for yourself that there's a lack of integrity in yourself and your purpose. So it may actually be an opportunity for you to look and see, okay, well, where am I not living in my purpose? Where am I not really being whole and knowing who I am and being aware of who I am. Mm -hmm. So um, that's what I really want to share on that. Thank you, Corey. Thank you very much. And Tempest put in chat, if you are whole and complete, exclamation with three hearts. <clears throat> All right. So thank you. <laughs> thank you very much. All right. Is there anything else anybody would like to say before we close out for the evening? All right. Well, if not, thank you. Thank you, Vastine. Thank you. Vastine said great thoughts tonight. Thank you very much. If there isn't anything anyone else would like to say, we would, Reverend Reginald and I, as always, would like to thank each and every one of you for joining us this evening. Thank you, Ms. Carol, as always. Thank you, Maurice. Thank you, Corey. Thank you, Monica. And thank you, Vastine. Each and every one of you have an amazing evening. We look forward to seeing you next Thursday for chapters <clears throat> seven, eight, and one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, and nine. Thank each and every one of you for joining us this evening. See y'all next Thursday. Goodbye.